0: And welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma gunn Wardner, and this week's guest is Nicola Lewis, also known as This Girl Can Organise. Now, there is most definitely a cult of decluttering and organising right now, and you may even have gorged on the Marie Kondo series on Netflix, or been into feng shui, or have given a deeper meaning to having your undergarments folded a certain way, and that's fine and dandy, thank you very much. But it can seem a little bit beyond the realms of what's doable on a daily basis. Or maybe it just needs a bit more time than you have to give it. And actually what I love about Nicola's approach is how easy it is to incorporate it into your real life, your everyday life. It's much more realistic and in my opinion helpful. And most importantly perhaps, it's attainable and sustainable ways of decluttering, organising and just giving yourself space to enjoy your things, your time, and your place. I caught up with Nicola in the middle of her January challenge where each day you organise a different area of your life, be it your wardrobe or bedside table, and I wanted to find out about her top tips for getting organised. I didn't know a great deal about Nicola beyond what you see on her website and social media channels, but honestly, she was an absolute delight to get to know. Finding out how This Girl Can Organise started out in the first place was a delightful surprise and made me warm to her even more. We also talk about the link between being organised and mental health, both of us sharing our experiences on the matter, and how sometimes a bit of a tidy up can do the mind and body good. I am so pleased to have Nicola on the show and to share her tips, wisdom and story with you. So here she is, Nicola Lewis, This Girl Can Organise on The Emma Gunn Show. Nicola Lewis, thank you for joining me on the Emma Gunn Show. I'm very excited, actually, to talk to you because your area of expertise is organisation. Is that Mm. how you
1: would describe it? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I guess the decluttering is a massive aspect of organising. You do need to declutter before you organise, but Mm. yeah. I have been known as Mrs. Organised all my life. (laughs) Mrs. (laughs) Organised (laughs) all your life.
0: And you are This Girl Can Organise on Instagram. Social media, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And one of the reasons that we're doing this today is because you have this month, we're recording this in the middle of January, Mm -hmm. you've been doing this campaign and it's definitely of the moment. Mm -hmm. But what I'm really curious about is because... Am I correct in thinking that this girl can organise is what you do for a living?
1: Yes, it is. Yeah.
0: And this is quite a new phenomenon. It
1: is. It's
0: very exciting. So, and you've said uh, on your website, it says you used to work in investment banking Mm -hmm. and in private aviation. So I'm curious, was it a side hustle? Was it always the thing you wanted to do? Mm -hmm. How have you taken it from
1: where you were to here? To now. Okay. So, I, yes, it's right. I used to work in investment banking. Um, I dabbled in a bit of private aviation because I guess the pri- the investment banking was something that I just did. You know, you get stuck in a rut for earning mm. money, great benefits, and but I wasn't really enjoying it. I was going in, dreading my Sunday evenings, thinking it's work tomorrow. Mm. Um, and an opportunity came where I was made redundant and I decided that I wasn't going to put myself out there in terms of agencies back in the city and I was going to really sort of take stock and think, what am I good at? What do I really enjoy? Mm. Um, I was made redundant in the December 2000. What age were you at this point? If you <coughs> at moment, I was well, it was 2016, so I was 42, <clears throat> 44. Mm. Um, and I just felt like there was I had so much more to give mm. and I didn't want to go back into the city at all. Um so, yeah, I spent most of January brainstorming and thinking and asking friends and family, like, seriously, what do you think I should do? And the organising used to come up quite often, but mm. it was like events, party organising. And I just, you know what, I do like doing it, but it mm. wasn't my forte. And mm. then it was my husband that said, Would well, you know what, you are shit hot around the house. <laughs> organizing shizzle Stay everywhere with him. Stay yeah, with him. he's a good boy he's a good boy and i just started looking into that and mm-hmm. then i discovered that in america it's like big business mm-hmm. and i discovered one particular account uh called the home edit who i absolutely adore they've been absolute mentors for me really because all they showed was humor um mm-hmm. and the fact that you can have fun organizing which is what I'm all about I'm a massive lover of life mm-hmm. so i just wanted to break i guess the stereotypical kind of organizer and i guess there's all different types of organizers like there are chefs out there you mm-hmm. know and i embrace them all mm. because i really feel like they do help everyone um but yeah so i started off that journey early Two thousand and seventeen so it's actually like it's still pretty new it is so new. The first year was really difficult because yeah I kind of set up the old fashioned way website mm-hmm. making leaflets i didn't even think about social media and I was kind of trying my best to convince people that this is a really good thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because I could see the value yeah. in in the job, but I guess I was up against the people that you know, the British public don't like asking for help, one, you know, that's a really big one. Secondly, a lot of people were thinking, well, is that what a cleaner does? And I guess some cleaners or housekeepers would do mm. this role, but I could see it from a bigger perspective. Mm. And I guess I had a talent that maybe, like a cleaner has a talent, you know, I don't enjoy cleaning, but I do enjoy organising. Mm. So I do see them slightly different.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, You said something really interesting there that I really want to sort of unpick. You said you're a lover of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And me personally, regular listeners of this podcast will know part of 26 Habits, which was the uh, every two weeks I'd make or break a habit throughout 2018, I did a wardrobe clear out. Yeah. And it was the, you know, get everything out clean the wardrobe then look at what you actually wear and it ended up being this really um actually quite unexpectedly emotional experience of realizing the clothes I was hanging on to the clothes I was bullying myself with and I decided to just keep the things that I wore which is basically (laughs) jeans black grey white tops and but that's cool, yeah.
1: <laughs> because you know what you like, and yeah. I think also that comes a lot with age as well. I've found that that I wear similar items, mm. um, I tend to have more dresses than I do skirts, I mm. love wearing them both, but mm. I tend to always buy a dress if yeah. I'm out shopping. Um, we do hold on to items, and it's only until you declutter that you can see what you're not wearing, or you know mm. what you've bought in the sales, and thought, I'm actually going to lose weight and get into mm-hmm. that dress. And then completely forget about it. And it's in that wardrobe. But you've spent money and you don't want to give it away because you see it's a waste of money. Mm. But what I tell my clients always that you've let that money go from Mm. the moment you've bought it. You know, you're not going to get it back unless Mm. you go to resell it. You know, that takes time and patience Mm. to do that. And I feel like we're all in really busy lives. So I think it's really important that you know what you like and what suits you Mm. and you should have a wardrobe completely full of things that you love and Mm. that make you smile and every time you look in it it should be i can't wait to wear this this and this Mm. instead of thinking you know crap i don't know what to wear today and then (laughs) cause yourself stress yeah unnecessarily
0: and that's and that's what the wardrobe edit did for me in that i um Sorry, listeners, we're both a bit froggy-throated. We are. Is that the right way? Of it discussing? is, Froggy? yeah. So if you hear um, coughing, cough in, it, it both of us are recovering <laughs> from the <laughs> dreaded lurgy. Um, I, I now when I open my wardrobe in the morning, or my morning is much easier and I feel much m- more chilled out in the morning because I just know that
1: there is a combination
0: in there Definitely. that is going to
1: work. And you'll also find you'll be more, I call it, powerful in your day. Oh. Because if you think about it, you know, if you get up in the morning, like, for example, this morning, I got up, went to the bathroom, came back in, I make the bed straight away. It's one of the first tasks I do of the day. Makes me feel great because whilst you're getting ready, you're looking over at something that you've already achieved Mm. and it looks nice. And then I then go through my wardrobe. I had no idea. Sometimes I plan my clothes the night before, Mm. um, but. I'd recently done my wardrobe high yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So I was like excited to look through it and think, mm. What am I gonna wear today? And that's a really amazing feeling and it gives you so much power in mm-hmm. your day, in your stride. Yeah. That um yeah, it's really
0: good. So were you always the kid at school who had very organized folders and that was down to notes. my mum. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: all come from my mum and my gran actually. Aww. Um So my nan was of a generation of make, do and mend, and I spent quite a lot of weekends at hers, um, learning all sorts, and watching her kind of manage a large family, you know, had lots of cousins, um, and, you know, she'd never really throw things out. She'd always go to upcycle various things, and I always found it fascinating. Mm. My mum, you know, from, as I say, as long as I can remember, has is the queen of organization in my in my eyes um you know we've had a beautiful childhood and um but we had to have structure. both my parents mm. worked whilst I was growing up yeah. I grew up in east london um and you know my dad would always drop us off to school, my mum would be there to pick us up, and in the meantime they're working so there was always i guess structure mm. from the early stages and my mum always, you know, I always remember going to W. H. Smith to get my new pens and folders oh, I all so the love time. That. Oh, I know. New... I just don't feel people do that enough now. Do you think? I think we do it all the time,
0: whereas it used to be a September a thing, September thing, yeah, like just before school. But now you can just go to
1: what, yeah. what is it called, Wiggle or something? Wrig- Smiggle. Oh, Smiggle, that's, that's just it. too intense for me. <laughs> I just, I like. I guess Paper Chase is probably one of my faves. Yeah, I love going in there. Yeah. I just think we do it all the time now. But yeah, it used to be that beginning of term. Yeah. New
0: colouring pencils, new
1: protractor. She still does it now. She gives them all, like, she. I don't know where she finds them, but she gets them all for my kids. Um, do you remember the Beryl pens? Like, I used to have the red pen... Um, and it had the black edge, and I thought it was so retro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she still gets them. I have no idea where from. (laughs) But, yeah, so it's kind of passing down to Mm. them. But I just think it's a really good skill set. I really feel like it was something me and my sister learned from an early age Mm. um, that's taken us both You know, we use it both in our homes. Yeah. And you said that you used to use it in your previous jobs.
0: And I guess being very organized meant that.
1: Yeah. Well, I used to work on trading floors, So you have to be mega organized. You have to have a thick skin too. Mm. Um, But yeah, dealing with stress and um, noise and being, you know, having to drop everything at a moment, you know, you've got to be very organized. Yeah that situation so yeah I suppose I never really saw it I guess Mm. because I was just busy doing the job Mm. it's only until I stepped away that I realized that you know I need to do something that I love really Mm. what was it about stepping away that you
0: think made uh, turned it into what it's become because it's it's very hard to be able to take a step out mm. um and actually I've been in a similar situation voluntary redundancy for me was like a massive it was, I was it gave me this, the mental space yeah. to be able to assess what I wanted to do next I
1: think that was mainly it mm. if I'm honest with you um I did struggle um with mental illness through my career in the city um but I think also I wanted something where i could be more flexible at Mm. home i felt like i wasn't seeing the kids enough Mm. um i felt like i wasn't giving me time Mm. enough um you know and i think it's so important that you should do what you love Mm. um rather than thinking about the dollar you know um so it was a big big risk Mm. but that's anyone who knows me knows that i'm quite Again, it falls into the love of life. I'm all for it. I just think I knew, I kind of had that feeling that I knew it was going to be good. Mm. Um, and that's why I just went for it, really. Mm.
0: And in terms of, I mean, you alluded to the fact that there were mental health issues when you were in the workplace. Mm. Do you now feel as though doing what you love means that you're on top of that as well?
1: Massively. Yeah, definitely therapy. Yeah. It must have been, it must have been, because the first year of doing this girl can organize. I probably earned more when I was 16 years old. I didn't earn earn any money, and I've gone from a massive corporate salary, amazing benefits, to Mm -hmm. nothing. But I was happy, like, just beyond happy, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was driving me was doing what I was doing, and researching, practicing what I was preaching, Mm -hmm. and then I started getting the clients and I could show the before and afters. Mm. And that's when I really realized that, you know, wow, I love doing this job. Mm. Um, I am a people person too. You know, I naturally gravitate um, to them and, it's that whole thing I talked about once about staring, that I actually think staring's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're going <have laughs> to elaborate. I think, Well, yeah, because I think, obviously, in the right context, but I just think, you know, sometimes you're connected to someone. Mm. You know, if you stare, don't I don't stare at everyone, but sometimes if you glance, you're fascinated by someone, yeah. and there is a reason for it. I don't know what. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and I just... I guess that's part of me. I'm always that person, you know, that's like, hi, you're right. Um, and wants to know or wants to get to know you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think going back to the year of trying to kind of convince and the job to people and using it to my own advantage mentally was an incredible sort of self-help time for me, really. Mm. Um made me digest everything and what I really wanted.
0: I find it really interesting because it's something that I hear time and time again from people yeah. that being able to take that that time away and actually I mean, I don't know, maybe I don't want to put words into your mouth, but were you a people pleaser? Possibly. Had you maybe yeah. not pleased yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mm. You hit the nail in one. Mm. I think that most of us are like that though when we're in a corporate world mm. because we've got so many I guess um you know management senior management you've got so many people looking down mm. on the Indians you know so <laughs> many she- chiefs mm. um that you're constantly trying to please you know you've got your referrals you've got your mid-year reviews your you know and all of those were positive, but mm. also you did tremble. I personally did fear them mm. as well because I used to think, "What are they going to say?"
0: Exactly. Even if I've put my best in, if ever I had an appraisal, mm. I had always, I would always fear the worst, even yeah. though. Because I never really checked in with myself and was like, You've done a good job, you've done you've done your best and if yeah. they don't see that, maybe this isn't the right
1: place for you. Definitely, I think you've hit the nail on the head with that because that's exactly how I felt. And I felt like I was just sort of it was groundhog day pretty mm. much all the time. Um and don't get me wrong, I had good times, mm. you know, but I I really enjoyed and I, you know, I really enjoyed the, the social aspect. Um, but there were quite a lot of lunches that I'd go off walking round on my own, and I'd go in shops and buy things because, you know, maybe I wasn't happy, mm. and I could. Oh, that that lunchtime buy when you just need a hit. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best. And it's usually a clutch bag
0: <laughs> or jewelry because or they Space always NK. fit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was
1: always in Space NK all the time. Oh, were you?
0: Yeah, I love it. So. You start, You said you started getting clients, and you mentioned earlier you started with a website and you started with
1: leaflets. Mm-hmm. So how did clients start coming in? How did you generate work? So the clients started coming um, really from word of mouth, actually. I think my first client was a friend's sister, mm. and she um, she lived on the other side of London, and she needed some help. So I think right in the early days I had to... You know, I was doing everything at half price. I had my set prices, but I just was Mm. doing it as incentives um, for people to just sort of prove a point, I suppose. (coughs) But I knew that I would get the content. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that was what I was doing. I was also going to quite a lot of events. um, So mother's meetings in Mm -hmm. town, um, interacting with other um, influencers um, doing my best really but I kind of felt the first stage was you know I would follow people and then I'd see people follow me and then they'd unfollow
0: <laughs> and I was like
1: what is that all about I couldn't work it out so
0: I don't mean to laugh but yeah. it's just so true isn't yeah it?
1: <laughs> and so that was my introduction to Instagram and I didn't like it if I'm honest Mm, at first I mm. just thought well what are you all doing why are you doing that so I stepped away from Instagram a bit and then focused more on the business yeah um kind of you know contacting companies that I thought would benefit you know things like travel agent not travel agents estate agents Mm -hmm. um helping people you know that couldn't sell their homes for me to go in there so I started doing that I did a couple of jobs for a couple of um, estate agents locally, and that really worked that's super smart <clears throat> well i I kind of felt like it was that or mm. I'd had to go back up in the city and temp mm. because I wasn't earning any money, and you know I had everyone behind me um but at the same time, I just had to really think clever so um so that started that mm. was really good. And then I started to go back onto Instagram probably about October, November um, 17. Uh, So not that long ago, like four or five months? No. Wow.
0: Um,
1: And that was interesting because I just thought, right, what do I need to do here? And something came up it was like a little bit of a light bulb moment and I thought I'm gonna do a declutter challenge Mm -hmm. and that way I can show people motivate people through January because I know January is a particularly tough month Mm. um and yeah and that's it and it went bananas so I started off the year I think with 800 followers um January 18 and ended up um Last year, so at December, with fifty-five thousand followers. Also, the eagle-eyed among you all know
0: that I said three or four months ago, when yeah. I obviously mean a year and three or yeah. four months. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: um and that last year, when I look back, when I did actually stop and reflect on that year, I was just a bit blown away because mm-hmm. I know I've been working and working and working, and when I'm not at clients' houses, I'm on. You know, I a, developed a blog, mm. started writing more, thinking up ideas, planning my vision board. You know, I started to get really excited about the business. Mm. Um, and which in turn, This Girl Can Organise really is two businesses now. Mm. It's, you know, my day-to-day business of going to clients and then social media is completely another business. Well,
0: and I, I often, uh, I guess, because my career has been in magazines and journalism... Instagram to me was um, very natural, you know, pictures and captions, you know quite good at doing that yeah (laughs)
2: and
0: and I often completely forget what it must be like and so for you saying you started on Instagram and you dipped your toe in and didn't like it I can completely see that Mm. it's it can be as much as it can be once it embraces you it can be a very nice place where there's lots of interaction and you get lots of positive feedback and it can be motivating definitely and I definitely find my followers incredibly motivating when they comment and stuff like that but um if if actually you find it not like that, if mm. you find it unfriendly and cold, it can be really isolating
1: yeah. and it can be really demotivating. Definitely, I didn't feel demotivated by it. I just felt like, "Whoa, what is this?" Mm. <laughs> um, and just kind of, as you said, dip my toes in and out, and then yeah. all of a sudden, when I realised that I'm in control mm. of this page, and actually I don't mind talking to the camera. In fact, I like it. You're I don't really mind being Shirley Valentine talking to <laughs> the wall, you know, because it's my time. And um, and I guess it's also, again, going back on the therapy, you know, it's quite lonely working for yourself. Mm. And um, or if you're a stay-at-home mum, so use it. Use mm. it to your advantage and have fun. You know, who cares? Just have fun. I think when we gain Um, a little bit of confidence in ourselves we can achieve such good things well
0: I was that was exactly my Mm. next train of thought was I wonder how it feels having taken control Mm. of your life deciding that this is what you want to do and it's doing well and you're making money yeah because in my own life having having always had a boss and now being self-employed when you start to realise actually this roof was over my head because of me not because of anyone else I
1: know it's crazy isn't it it's an amazing
0: like it's a fist bump moment it
1: really was I mean I bought a car just before Christmas Eve all down to me saving all year it was Mm. on my vision board I can't tell you like even now I still look at it and I'm so chuffed I respect it so much Mm. more than any of the other cars previously Because I've gone through a complete journey of, Mm. you know, doing and earning money, but not really loving it. Mm. Having that all stripped away, completely stripped away, Mm. and then earning my own money, doing something that I love, and to a degree, I'm still running with it. I don't don't really sort of take stock of what's actually happening. Like now, this is all crazy. Yeah, but I'm really loving the experience. And it's I knew I wanted to do something to help people because for me, I know that when I was necessarily at home or doing my job or, you know, sitting on the train, it could be quite lonely. And I used to sit there, you know, apart from I used to love writing lists and stuff, but I would sit on Facebook and look at other people's lives or play mm. Tetris or do whatever, wasting time. Mm. And like now I don't have time for that. Mm. Like it's all about excitement and planning and what we're doing next. And and I've got a real thirst for what I love. And yeah, I think, you know, some people say, oh, you've really hit. I remember right at the beginning, people were saying, oh my gosh, you've, you've really got like a niche market here. And I never saw it like that at all. Mm. I just thought, no, this is something I love doing. I didn't even envisage it would go nuts Mm. like it has done. And now there's, you know, a few others out there doing the same. Um, That, yeah, it is what it is. But I think it's all good.
0: I think so too. Mm. And I also think um, it is something that people are talking about a lot at the moment. There's a lot more conversations about there with regard to things like mental health and decluttering and being organised and taking control sort of all seem to yeah. run
1: hand in hand with each other. Definitely, as being... and being tidy. You know, I know, you know, Marie Kondo out is out there with her new Netflix. Um, I remember getting her book actually last year because I, I do have a collection of organizing books that I've read, and it's funny because they are all slightly different. Everyone's mm-hmm. got their own method, um, and I think it's important that what you find works for you, mm. um, but I do agree with some of the things that she talks about, and I don't agree with some of the other things that she doesn't, you know, because yeah. I think we're all in a busy lifestyle. Mm. I don't have half a day to spend folding my items in a cupboard, um, yet yeah, it does work, It the whole method works. Mm. Um, I roll, I get my clothes and roll them, and I do the same mm-hmm. in my suitcase, um, it's quick, easy, and I've got two kids and a husband, so it all needs to happen mm. quickly for me um but I guess it just depends on your lifestyle and mm. I think who you know that she can probably help quite a lot of people and inspire them, and then they can kind of figure it out and do it their own way, which I think is perfect. I always think it's a
0: bit like <laughs> i uh last year when I was doing twenty six habits and I did journaling. I found this research that said that if you sit in uh, a lecture or a lesson, for example, and you write down verbatim what the teacher, lecturer, etc., says to you, which is what I always used to do, um, then it doesn't go in in the same way as if you interpret it and put it into your own words. Yeah, true. And it made sense as to why yeah. I did so terribly. <laughs> 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 <for sure>. <laughs> 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 because I, I was just, I was, I was taking. Uh, taking dictation, I wasn't absorbing the information and mm. using my brain. Interesting. And so I think about that with things like Marie Kondo. It's like take from it what yeah. you will, interpret what you will. Well,
1: I think what was interesting, I w- I've only watched um, one of the um, episodes on Netflix. And what I found particularly interesting was, obviously this is all for TV, so mm. I understand. But, you know, she showed the concept of emptying, thanking particular items and then starting to fold right and then she left the building now if I was to do that to any one of my clients I think that they would have had a complete and utter nervous breakdown <laughs> because can you imagine looking at a room full of clothes on a bed mm. and then the person that's there that's meant to help you then goes and you're like <laughs> okay okay It's a bit like school, isn't it? Like the teacher shows you how to do and then you're like, off you go, get on Mm. with it, which is a certain, that's fine. You know, you'd need to sort of develop your own way of doing things. Mm. But I still feel like you need someone there coaching you, saying it's all right, because it is such an overwhelming task. Mm. And I've experienced all kinds of emotions with clients, some happy, some deeply sad, Mm. overwhelming, can't cope. I've had to walk out of the room and chill out for thirty minutes because Mm. it's memories, it's experiences, it's sentimental items. Um, So I, I personally didn't agree with that. I felt Mm. like she should have stayed there with them and helping them go through these sections right through to the end instead Mm. of coming back and seeing the oh what have you done (laughs) sort of thing. Um, And also, it's interesting to see with that first. that first particular episode that I could tell within probably five minutes that this person had lost identity um, and I I'd sort of said it and my husband was like wow you can tell that and I was like yeah I can and it was really easy for me to associate because I could compare it to some of the clients mm-hmm. i worked with so basically this, cl- this particular sort of story case study was the couple um, had had two children She had a busy career before children. Now she was a part-time working mum and also looking after two young, small kids. Mm -hmm. The house was overwhelming her. And it's kind of doing three jobs, house, work, kids. Mm -hmm. And the husband was then saying, oh, you know, the house is a mess and, you know, it's this, that and the other. So she's now feeling a bit crap, to be Mm -hmm. honest. And I've had quite a few clients like that where I've sort of said, right, well, what you need to do now, it's all about planning, and I'm going to be here to help you and go through this. Mm -hmm. And what it's done, it's not about just for the moment, it's about Mm future-proofing and helping them understand what they can bring back into their home, helping them understand what's important, managing their time during the week, Um, and that's Mm organising in my head. So, um, you know, prepping on a Sunday if something overwhelms you, do small steps, you know, do one small section, you'll feel so much better after Mm -hmm. you've just done that one section. It will let you go, it will label you, sorry, to go on to do a bigger task and think, I can do this, this Mm -hmm. is fine. But, you know, we all know how hard it is to do things around kids. It's so impossible. And Mm -hmm. I know that when my mum and dad have had the children overnight and they're like, oh, do you want us to drop them off, um before lunch or we can take them out. I'm like, yeah, you can take them out, it's fine. <laughs> I love my children, but do you know what? That time, that just an hour mm. to myself, wow, I can get so much done. Mm. And I'm pretty sure there's loads of mums out there that will agree yeah. that it's the same same thing. So I think, really, they should have worked together more, I think, on that mm. first episode, and she should have explained, and the two of them, about giving each other a bit of time. Like, he mm. could say, oh, look, I'll take the kids' For a bike ride on a Saturday morning for an hour, and you can get stuff done.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter if you <clears throat> alphabetise your underwear. No. If everything else is still not.
1: No, because it's going She's not gonna want to do it. She's not gonna. Ha- she's not got the time at the moment to look after her house, mm. let alone fold clothes and thank them. Mm. So yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. I just think um, people do want more support. They do want more coaching. Yeah.
0: And also, I think uh, women are, by nature, nurturers we will also take on a huge amount. And we're copers, we're managers, we'll make it work. And no one tells you how to manage a home, children and a job.
1: Yeah. All (laughs) in one hit. I know. It's so overwhelming.
0: And it's a huge amount. And I think there's that um, saying, talked about on the podcast before with Farah Store about, you know, you can have it all. Actually... I'm not suggesting being organised can allow you to have it all, but it can potentially make it
1: <laughs> a little bit a little easier, easier. Definitely. and from I what think, you're saying. I think so. I mean, I just track back to when life was crazy and I was working five days a week in the office at seven, home, yeah, by six or seven, collecting children from, you know, my parents or um, childminder coming home. And I'd walk in and the house would be tidy because no one's been there. Mm. And then all it was was bath, bottle or bath, milk, bed. Mm. And then that was a bit odd because I just felt like I've not really had much time with the kids, but they're in bed and it's quiet. <laughs> and then it would be like make dinner, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, mm. tidy up. And I always say put the dishwasher on, you know, before you go to bed. Yeah, And then I'd like to leave downstairs how I would like to see it first thing in the morning. Yes, yes, agreed. So... It makes sense. So actually, when I was working, things were on top of, Mm. because I wasn't really at home. Mm. It's harder when you are at home with children. Um, And that's when I found it really difficult because it's about structured playtime. It's about, you know, keeping them happy. You doing jobs around the house. Mm. It's harder. How do you incorporate
0: structure because I think there's a misconception, although you can tell me whether it is a misconception or not, that structure equals a loss of fun. I don't know if you no. you know what I mean. Like, yeah. sometimes people are like, oh, my God, just relax.
1: Yeah, but you can. Mm. Like, I'm really relaxed. I'm mm. really chilled. Um, but I do like structure. And when structure isn't in place, I feel like, um, what's the feeling? I call it my wobble. Mm. Yeah, it does make me wobble because I just think, oh, well, where mm-hmm. is that? you know at the moment the kids have been bought and i've got bought loads of gift sets um at christmas beauty products this at the other and i've got a linen cupboard which is also a toiletry cupboard and it's all got containers and it's all fabulous well at the moment i opened it this morning and i was like what has happened in here <laughs> because there is all you know boxes of beauty products so everyone's put them in there mm-hmm. but they just need to come out of the boxes go into the containers because it makes life easier Mm. and there is structure so there's a box for hair products there's a box for shower and bath there's Mm. a box for body lotions um and deodorants and things when that's all mixed up that gives me yeah anxiety Mm. i suppose yeah um so yeah structure is i think it's really important and you know, I guess that that is the one thing I'm up against is people kind of go, oh, yeah, because it's it's quite it's always been kind of, not cool, but, yeah, it probably is cool to be untidy, you know? Like, oh, sod it, leave it, yeah, mm-hmm. that's my room space,
0: la, la, la. It, you never see the opening of a Hollywood <laughs> movie with the protagonist tidying up. You see them kind of leaving, yeah. toast in the mouth, coffee in their hand. Like, yeah. chaos looks chaos. sexy.
1: It does, and it really does. And I'm here to sort of turn that around.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass.
1: around. I really do. I really feel like I'm going to change people's perspective, like perspective. I can't talk at the moment. No, you can. Yeah. Perspective. I know exactly so, what you're saying. <laughs> it's a mixture of a cough and concentration. Do you need a
0: strepsol, I have strepsules. Uh, if you do, I no, right. one. Right. Um, talk about making organisations sexy while I find you're a strepsule, my yeah, darling. Yeah, so
1: I think that that would be cool. I mm-hmm. do. I I, you know, I'm up against that. I know I am. Um, it makes me laugh as well. I don't take offence at all to anyone because it's how you want to live. You know, um, thank you. Um, Other y- cough sweets are available. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's it's all about how you live your life, and you don't have to follow the rules of an organizer um, completely. Just take little snippets that you think mm. right. That's going to work. That's definitely going to work for me. Yeah. Um, and listen. So that's one of my I think a really good skill set of mine Mm. is listening to my clients because I could just walk into every client and go, right, this is what you need to do. Bang, bang, bang. And they'd be like, okay. Mm. And then walk out and it not work. So I have to listen to about their lifestyle. Like do, for example, a kitchen. Do you like to cook? Do you like to convenience cook? Do you use spices? Do you get HelloFresh? Do you, you know, all of these things, um, Every kitchen is so different. It's one of my favorite rooms to organize. Oh, why? I don't know. I think it's because it is quite complex. And I think because kitchens are, when we go in to buy kitchen, we always get, we're fascinated with the look of a kitchen and the work surface. Yeah. And it has to be, you know, marble, da-da-da-da-da. And then it goes in and we're like, oh, look at the kitchen. And then after a couple of months, you know, you're like, there's shit everywhere. (laughs) Because no one's thought about inside the kitchen. The function, yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit like a person sometimes, you know, looking great on the outside, but how is it on in the inside? And I feel like kitchen companies, you know, I know that when we looked at our kitchen, which we need to get a new one, um, <clears throat> 10 years ago, and I was like, yeah, 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 I would really like this storage system. Mm. And they were like, yeah, well, that's a thousand pounds. I was like, what? Because mm. it's expensive. I don't understand why mm. it needs to be expensive. But anyway, there, there is kitchen designs are, are changing and I'm, I guess, at the forefront of seeing how to work around all different types. Mm. You know, you've got your corner cupboards, <laughs> you've got your junk drawers, uh, you've got the um, complex under-the-sink cupboard, which everyone tries to cram as many things as possible in there. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. It's really funny, but I love it. And then when we organise cupboards... Every client says the same thing. They're like, why did I have all this stuff?
0: Yeah.
1: I don't even use it. And I think it's because you go shopping, you get so overwhelmed in a supermarket mm-hmm. with the three for twos. Um, you need to also remind yourself that your house is a home and not a shop or a storage container. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's about using the things that you want to use, mm. you know? So seeing items, putting cans on tiered shelves instead of thinking, well, what is at the back of that shelf? Because Mm -hmm. I can see there's it's six cans deep, but I have no (laughs) idea. And then when you go to finally pull it all out, it's sort of expired in 2014. Mm -hmm. And there's no wonder why. So you've got to see, you've got to open your cupboards and be able to see everything inside, containers. I guess it's probably the room full of containers, and Mm -hmm. that's probably why I love it. And yeah, it's I have a drawer... (laughs)
0: full entirely of tupperware because it's the um <laughs> it's the intention of organisation that's but, what tupperware is yeah if it was a movie do you use it
1: do you use it like
0: i for do food?
1: Is it with leftover foods, or is it for packed lunches, or what is it used
0: for? Ah, uh, well, I have two. I have a I have a Tupperware drawer, and I have some Tupperware in my cupboard. The cupboard Tupperware is for packed lunches. I never ever use them because they're too bulky. Yeah. And, well, there uh, you go. So there you go. You can get rid of them <laughs> straight away. You just said it. Yeah, exactly. It's too, it's too bulky, and also I'm not
1: six. There
0: you go. <laughs> you know so means? you could donate
1: it. See, I pick it up so quickly, and it's all about listening to how your lifestyle is. So mm. you could remove that from that particular drawer and then put something in there from that's crammed mm. in another cupboard and be able to see it and go, oh, there's a reason I bought that. Yeah. And and give it its home, um, everything in its place. Yeah. That's what my Nan used to always say. Yeah, um, yeah and it's just about making it work really.
0: I um, I really want to ask you about the distinction between messy and disorganized okay. because when I was depressed, mm-hmm. my home did not look great, mm-hmm. and I say that reluctantly because obviously I don't want people to think that I was some no, disgusting it's... slob. No, it's all... but it was. It had to do with self care and what's the point? Oh, I'll iron that later. Oh, that can yeah. that can just sit there. Do you have any thoughts on yeah, that? Well,
1: that is completely mirroring what's going on in your head. Mm. So, what you're seeing and what's around you will mirror, will definitely mirror what's inside your head. Anything complex is just not going to happen.
2: Mm.
1: It's all got to be kind of calm and smooth. So, actually doing dealing with mess is quite tricky mm. if you are suffering with depression. However, it will help. Mm. To maybe ask a friend to come over and say, You know i i'm sick of looking at this pile over here. Would you mind helping me it's a big ask, I know, mm. but one thing I always introduce, and this is something I started right from the beginning, is music. Oh, music takes you somewhere that I just i don't know it for me i can 't go you know, a day without listening to music takes me to my happy place and that's somewhere, something, sorry, that you need to have, I think, when you are dealing with mess. Mm. So, let's take it back and rewind and go back to that scenario. If there's a particular music that you love or an artist that you could put on, whack that on the music. Straight away you're thinking, oh, I love this song Mm. for whatever reason. And then... Write a list of what you want to do. So then you can see it on paper. Mm. And then it's small steps. So it's then practically ticking off small achievable tasks. Mm. And I've always said that one tick is better than no tick. Yes, yeah. And it will make you feel like you've achieved something. Mm. And then you will not be self-doubting yourself. You'll be Mm. looking at that pad and go, I've done that, that, and that. Mm. Oh, my gosh. And feel good. Mm. And then it's all about small steps. So next, the next day, you might not want to do anything, but then put on the music or burn a candle. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm not trained at all in kind of any kind of mental health advice. Mm. But in terms of dealing with you know, the clients that I have, that seems to work. Mm. And it's worked for me. Yeah. It definitely works for me. Um, my husband works away quite a lot. And I find it really difficult um, managing a home, work and children. And so there are moments that I go to kind of dip. and, And when that happens, I have to put music on takes me somewhere and it's incredible mm. and so that's why I do like the lip-syncing on my <laughs> on my page and I, it's just like again it's Shirley Valentine lip-syncing around to Madonna uh, or whatever it may mm. be and I just it makes me
2: laugh yeah and then
1: it stopped it's gone yeah. and then I don't realize because that's what I think is funny mm. And then I'll look at Instagram maybe an hour later, and there's like DMs like, of people cracking up yeah. saying, You make me laugh, you make me smile. And I feel like saying, Well, do it yourself. Like, mm. you can do it yourself. It's such a good feeling. Yeah. And I always sing with a pretend mic as well. I love it. So <laughs> it's about finding who your inner, like, who is it? Who's your, like, who's your Beyonce, diva? Yes. Beyonce's is <laughs> Sasha Fierce. I don't know. I need to find who who she is. I I do love a lip sync. I also do love singing.
2: And Ooh.
0: when I uh, bought my microphones for the podcast, there may have been yeah <laughs> some I <would>. inappropriate usage. <laughs> I would have loved that. That's
1: I've, a... been, I've been using deodorant cans my whole life, that's and then it. I had a microphone. And I was like, bring it. It is bring it on, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So that's kind of that situation. That's how I would definitely. Well, that's how I do approach it.
0: So Mm. So, is there a difference between being messy and being
1: disorganised or do they both amount to the same thing? Um, I would say that they do amount to the same thing Mm. personally myself because mess is a disorganised area of items that you don't know where they belong. Mm. That's quite frankly it. Mm. All those items, all, all they need to do is to go into their home, and that is it. And mm. every item has a home in its house. In a home. In a home? In a home. <laughs> every belonging has a home, yeah. basically, in your house.
0: I think, um, <clears throat> I don't know if this has been communicated to you from clients, but I wonder whether sometimes people are reluctant to edit and actually get rid of things because they feel they feel that they need things mm. and that if they get rid of things, the first thing they'll think the morning after they get rid of them is, Oh, I wish I hadn't got rid of that.
1: I think that's a human thing. Mm. You know, I still, I feel like it. You know, I donated quite a lot of kids. Um, they hardly use Disney Cup beakers mm. that we'd got from Dancing on Ice. They don't <laughs> use them no more. You know, my kids are 10 and 15 and they don't want them no more. We did have a lot of fun using them mm. for ice creams and this, that, and the other. But now they don't choose So I don't need them in my mm. cupboard. So now they can go... And someone else will enjoy them,
2: mm.
1: but it did feel sad. Putting yeah. it was like saying goodbye to that memory. Mm. Um, what I do say to people who find it particularly hard is take a picture of them, take a picture of the blo- like the items. Mm. I mean, I've used a beaker here, but I mean, it could be anything really. It could be an ornament, a frame, or whatever that someone gave it to you. you don't really use it no more. You've kind of don't really like it, mm. but you've got a mem- you want a memory of it. take a yeah. picture of it. We're in this digital world now. You can set up folders on your phone and put memories and and put them in there. This is very,
0: very true mm. and that also did, does photography help like before and afters and also the during process. Would you recommend that to people? yeah,
1: definitely. I think people should do it for themselves. Mm. the before picture and then afterwards, just to see what they've achieved mm. um you know, someone said to me, oh my gosh, you're like the queen of before and afters. But Mm -hmm. really, all it is, is me just doing my job. Mm -hmm. And I can see what that space is going to turn out like. I can Mm -hmm. already, you know, because the client's already told me what's overwhelming and what they're not using. Mm -hmm. So by extracting the things they're not using and they don't like, I'm giving them space to see the things they do like and Mm -hmm. they are going to use. And it's fascinating that I can see that. Mm -hmm. But then... Some clients get that bug and they're like, oh, guess what I did yesterday. You know, <laughs> they can't stop and mm-hmm. it's brilliant. So I feel like I'm teaching and coaching at the same time. Yeah, mm.
0: which is really, it's a very impactful thing because it, it's its the space that people live in every single day Yeah, and you are helping them have yeah. a better
1: experience with it. And it's quite interesting because in my own home um, is organised, there's structure, but it's not how, it's something like, funny, I don't really enjoy doing my own home. Mm. Whereas if I go to a client or someone else's, it's like a fresh canvas, I'm like, ooh. Um, But yeah, I guess with my own home, it's it's, I don't know what that association is, I don't understand Mm. why I don't. It is tidy and organized, and I have a fabulous husband who helps as well. Um, But yeah, I don't get the same buzz, I should say from doing it at home that I do for someone else. Well, there's a physical conversation that you have in
0: terms of the organisation and the changing how things look and feel. Yeah. But there's also the invisible, non-tangible part of it, which is the, what are, what are you trying to fix by organising? Is it a calmer state of mind? Is it a calmer house? Is it mm. a quieter life? Is it a longer day? Like, what could it yeah. be? Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess, like, for our house, it, it's always been a very calm, quite chilled house. And then I have had like new friends, not new friends, but say like school mums that mm. come in and they're like, wow, it's like a showroom. And I don't know how to take that sometimes. Mm. I've kind of thought, oh, I don't want them to think I'm, you know, not fun.
0: Because mm. I am. House proud. Yeah. I remember one of my friends at school, her mum was very house proud. And that's yeah. still, that, that, those two words make me But very I am that
1: person who, if I have a party, that anyone that comes in, I just want them all to have fun. You know, Mm. I don't care if you put the cup in the wrong place or whatever. We're there to have fun and make a memory. That's a really good point, actually, because cleanliness and being organised, I guess.
0: Because it can all
1: go back really
0: quickly the next day. But through media, through the things that we consume, I guess we associate people like Monica from Friends. Yeah. Who is neurotic and has OCD. Yeah. But that being organised doesn't mean you have OCD, does no, it? No, not at
1: all. OCD is another subject altogether, mm. really. Um, it's not really something I tend to use the word because it is a, a mental illness mm. as well. But I think with Monica, it's very funny, actually. Mm. A lot of people can relate to that cupboard yeah. that she had. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of my clients, I've gone into homes where I've walked in, I'm like, wow in my head thinking what have I got to do here it looks incredible and then they open cupboards and they're like help (laughs) help me please and it's something they don't enjoy something Mm. they don't want to do and so that's why I'm there and it's brilliant and they're Mm. like wow that makes so much sense now I can see this is where all this belongs I was never using any of that crap that was in there Mm. off it goes And this is another really, really important thing that I do talk about is not just chucking everything in the bin. And Mm, so it goes mm. to landfill. It's a really important factor that we are all mindful that we can try and donate or reuse some of these items. You know, even if it's giving it to a friend, a relative that you think, oh, they'll like that. Make that time Mm. to give it to them, um, to any shelters, Charity shops. I love donating to charity shops, but unfortunately, I think every client I speak to, as well, um, I go into a charity shop. I love thrifting. I love vintage, mm. um, and so I will. When I've got the time, will pop into one. But everyone will donate to it, but will they shop in it? I don't know because mm. I ask so many people and go, "Well, do you shop in a charity shop?" And they're like, "No, no. <laughs> we donate though." And I can see now why charity shops are going, hold on, we've got so much stuff here. Right. You know, it's about getting more people into charity shops. So that's something I'm going to empower this year. Um, And also, I think people want to donate items and see it making a difference to someone. Mm. You know, because say, for example, I've got this cup. Mm. It's such a nice cup, but I've got so many Mm -hmm. and I It's taking more room inside my kitchen, but I want it to benefit someone. I don't want it just to sit on a shelf Mm. in a charity shop. So it's thinking about other places that you could donate that to. So, like women's shelters, um, you know, homeless shelters, thinking, you know, outside the box a little. Yeah. Um, The same with toys. Um, I get asked this all the time. Like, I've just cleared out the kids' bedrooms. I've got all these toys, what can I do with them? Um, again, charity shops, you can take them to, but most importantly, like hospitals, mm. children wards, absolutely love mm. plastic toys, not soft. Soft toys can be donated to animal shelters. Um, they absolutely love them. Um, yeah, so it's just having a little Google, just going, where can I
2: donate?
1: Yeah, when I did the declutter, it was um, try and sell...
0: Uh, donate, and only throw away if it is of no use to man or beast.
2: Well, there
1: is always a three piles for me. Mm. Yeah, so it's donate, sell, and keep. Um, And the donation, I think, needs to increase. That's another sort Mm. of term. I think we all need to... If we can be advised of where we can sort of take things. Mm. I only learned this week about Lush and MAC. I didn't know at all that you can take six um, old MAC lipsticks to a counter, um, and they recycle them, and they give you a free lipstick. Did you know that?
0: Let's put that in the show notes. <laughs> Do you love some Mac?
1: And the same for Lush. You can take pots, you know their pots, the shower gels and the, the black pots and everything, mm. and you can take them, they give you a face mask. Oh. So it's really good. It's sort of making you think, oh, well, I'll take that back, because I know I'll get something in return, mm. and I might shop in there again. Um, it's good. Yeah, you're
0: right. There, um, we'll put any links in the show notes as well to any resources, mm. both in the UK, US, Australia, everywhere that yeah. we have listeners. Um, <clears throat> which area of people's lives do you feel, um, based on working with clients, is the can sometimes be the m- most challenging area to organise?
1: I think it's the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people um, <clears throat> for men and women. Yeah. I've only had a couple of men clients, mm-hmm. um, and they've been particularly—they've been particularly good. Actually, um, it's just been more about structure for them in their living space mm. that I've had to do. But their wardrobes were fine. I think it's giving yourself—it's the—it's the time. I think you kind of know it's gonna—you're gonna look at this task and think, "Wow, how long is this gonna take?" Mm. And you then start feeling a bit guilty of what you've bought. And then you start seeing a pattern of how many, probably the same jumpers you've got. And it tends to be a mountain. When you just pull out one section of a wardrobe and put it on your bed, it's quite shocking. Mm -hmm. look Mm -hmm. at it all and think, oh. Um, And it's quite interesting as well. It's all different generations. I've been working for quite a few um, clients who have teenage daughters and... um, they will wear items once. It will go on social media or Snapchat, yeah, Snapchat or Instagram. And then they won't wear it again. I know. <sighs> and they're like be oh. shocked. I know. So it's this is kind of like a new breed of from the fast fashion. And this is what I'm getting to see now, which is really, really upsetting. That is really um, upsetting. So I'm sitting there, not only going through their wardrobe, but also now I'm educating them about, mm. you know what? You can wear it with so many different styles and you can wear it with this. And does it really matter mm. that they've seen you in that dress if you love it? You're not Beyonce. I know. But what they all, I don't know, is it? Is this something, the power of the Kardashians with the... The big walk-in wardrobes, you yeah. know the look, the fa- you know the fact, the fact that their makeup and their fashion changes all the time. Well, when we were growing up, we didn't, we didn't see what rich people's wardrobes looked like. Not really. We had Dallas, didn't we, in Dynasty, really, to look up at, and it wasn't really our. Age. And even
0: then, you knew it was an element of fantasy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But like, I think Clueless was the first time I saw Definitely. a walk-in wardrobe. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. And you just thought, well, that's just unreal and ridiculous, and it's never, you know, it was so far removed. But yeah, I mean, we spent so much time in people's
1: wardrobes. It's very sad. Yeah, it is. So it's quite good that the parents can see that, and also it's something about a mother and a daughter doing something together is mm. quite at that age is quite difficult. Mm. I have a 15 year old. I know exactly. What it's like, you know, sometimes it's walking on eggshells and the mm. next minute it's hormonal mess. <laughs> and um, and it's all, you know, all okay and cuddles. So asking them to actually do something, like have you looked through your wardrobe recently? It'd be like, mm, you know, so mm. this was really, it's really interesting. So I do feel like it would be good to for someone out there. Um, I love Stacey Dooley. I love the fact that mm-hmm. she did that. Documentary about the fast fashion mm. and... I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Yeah, and that's a really good thing for, I think, for mums to sit down with their girls, mm. boys, and watch it. If we're going to be exposed to the Kardashians' wardrobe, let's expose
0: ourselves to the reality of How it's landfill, all... fast fashion and all that.
1: Definitely. I think people would be really shocked. Mm. I feel like landfills are like a myth. Like, mm. where are they? Do we know where our rubbish goes? Mm. Do we? Mm. You know, I think people would be recycling more and wasting less if they knew.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Mm. Um, Our time together is drawing to an end. So I want to ask you a couple of things, practical things that perhaps (laughs) listeners can um, uh, come away with. The first thing is, what room, if it is a room, it might be an area of your life, what room what area of your life would you start with first if somebody says right do you know what I've listened to Nicola on this podcast I'm going to I'm going to take some things in hand okay where's the best place to start The
1: best place I would say is the porch your front area you know so you're sorry that, <laughs> that sounds really <laughs> rude <laughs> doesn't it gosh I always no, have should... to be careful when I say that So should be the organized entrance anyway. door
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um so yeah you're as you walk in Um, If you have a porch, if you have a cloak area, whatever it may be, the the hallway, (laughs) as you walk in, if that is clear, then your mental health and your mental state of mind will be so much better for it. Because I know for when I walk into my porch area and there's shoes, bags and coats, I'm like, what's the rest of the house going to be like? (laughs) Right. You know, so if you can keep on top of that. That's the first area. It will always make you smile. Mm. So if just find, get the, some of the stuff out of there or contain them. Put your shoes in big containers, nice baskets, mm. so the family know that they can just get thrown into there. Um, it's making life easier for you and them. Um, the coats, yeah, if the coats belong in that area, then so be it. But keep, like, one or two coats per person, not 12, 25, um, and find another place to store the bulkier coats when you're not using them. Mm. I tend to kind of get all our coats out of that hallway entrance because, yeah, I for me, I like it for, like, guests. If they come over, they mm. can put their coats mm. there and the coats can live somewhere else. Yeah. So that's the first step, I would say. Um Obviously, the making the bed first thing in the morning is a really, really good tip. Mm. Um I think... Just sort of small steps, really. Um, I think, like, in your front room is whenever I declutter and organise a space, I always, first of all, I walk around and think, what doesn't belong in here? And I remove it. Mm-hmm. So it's like <laughs> everything gets put on the bottom of the stairs. And we've all kind of got that scenario where we all walk past mm-hmm. the stairs. No one takes nothing up, mm-hmm. do they? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so walk around like your front room or your dining room and if there's things in there that don't belong, get them out of that space Mm. and put them in one central space that you can then deal with and Mm. go, right, well, that's got to go, I don't know, in the shed, that's got to go in the garage, that's got to go up in the bedroom. And then soon, without even, I guess, organising, you've got a tidy space, Mm. you've got your room back. Mm. So I guess they would be the tips that I do good places to start Mm. and
0: what if you are trying to be more organized you've implemented some of the strategies and obviously I will put the links to your social media channels on this because the the challenge is actually really brilliant it is and just really good step by step Mm. Um, and that is every day throughout January
1: so it's the declutter challenge 31 days and each day there's been a task small task although yesterday was pretty big but I did speak on the stories to say that if you find this particular task overwhelming settle with a drawer. you know mm. sort out maybe a drawer of where mm. your t-shirts are just one step because it is one of those tasks that it can be a bit overwhelming that was wardrobe wasn't it yeah so today is bedside drawers I re- I recently did mine and it's game changer it is
0: game changer it really
1: is it's like you know when you go on holiday and you walk into that space in a hotel room you're mm. like oh, this is so nice. Well, your bedroom could be like that. There's no excuses of why it can't be. But when you get into your bed and you sit there, you think, right, I need this, this, and this. You don't really need too much beside your bedside Mm. table. And I kind of think I'd like to look at things that make me smile. I've got my Neil's yard. I've got like a fake flower thing, um, a little trinket for my jewellery, and that's it. Mm. You know, some people have frames, some people have a book and, you know, whatever, nice lamp. It's about what, what mm. fits in with your styling and your home life, really. Um, but, yeah, the Declutter Challenge, there's obviously
2: <clears throat>
1: a few more days left to go. And, um, yeah, I think it's been, I think it's going yeah, it's
0: down great. well. It's great. I'm following it. But if, so someone's doing this or they're, they're coming into the challenge and then maybe a few weeks down the line or a few months down the line, they think actually I'm probably slipping into some old habits here mm. is there anything that you would suggest like what's a, what's a fail safe for sustaining or mm. getting yourself back on track
1: I think for with any kind of process you put in place it always needs to be reviewed like mm. I review mine I wouldn't you know again I'm human being so I can't give yourself just... an appraisal <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so if you do something like a for example a fridge I do my fridge every couple of weeks Um, just because I know you could do it every week or whatever, really. But I know that everything that goes in there is kind of going to expire within two weeks, really. So it's a kind of review. Um, So just keep on. That's your only way Mm. of, I guess, setting a a goal for if you want to maintain that space, looking the way it is. Mm. You've got to obviously keep up with the maintenance of it. So it doesn't take long. I think once you've initially done the main work, it's just like little bits. So like a fridge for me, you know, just empty it all out, give it a wipe over and clean Mm. and then put back what is, that's not, you know, what is fresh, still in date. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh God, I need to go shopping. Mm. Um, It's quite shocking really. Um, But that's another thing I want to explore more is expiry dates. Mm. Like how, you know, we get the dates, but, are you know yeah yeah, yeah yeah is it really true yeah, yeah. no I, I feel exactly the same way about yeah, it because obviously when I go through spices a lot of my clients go oh it'd be all right you know it's like two years out of date and I'm like do you know what I'm kind of with because it's dried but then is it is it gonna taste nice <laughs> I don't know so, yeah, I'd like to explore that more and find out. And you do write brilliant
0: articles on the website as well. It's not just yeah. It's not just a place where you can when find I've out. When I've got time. Yes.
1: Yeah, at the moment, this month has been pretty bonkers. Um, well, maybe cut yourself I... some slack. You're doing really massive yeah. work on social. Yeah. In um, February, I'm definitely taking myself off somewhere and going to just sort of plan the rest of the year ahead. But this January, I just didn't realise... This challenge has just been super, super successful and it's helping so many and it's mm. really made me proud. So yeah, it's a good feeling.
0: I, I'm really enjoying following along and
1: also good. just from
0: my own personal experience, by accident with Twenty Six Habits, organising and decluttering for me personally has made me much happier.
1: Oh, that's so good to hear. And I think it will I think you know we we're, we're going into this trend now it's it, well it is it's clashed as a as a trend isn't mm. it but i just think it's now going to be like a new lifestyle movement mm. um and it's very exciting to yeah. be a part of it really
0: and i feel very very honored that
1: you've given me your time i know you're hugely you. busy this month sure. to actually sit
0: down and actually to listen to an expert who not only has really sage advice and is a brilliant mm. resource for anyone who wants to organize and declutter but who's also um taken something like redundancy Mm. and turned it into something so unbelievably inspiring so thank you so much you're welcome
1: thank you so much
0: Before you leave, I just wanted to say a huge thank you for downloading, listening to, streaming this episode of the podcast. If you would like to get in touch, I'd be so delighted to hear from you. Just email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter where I am at emmaguns. Also, you could join the private Facebook group, which uh, is where we have lots of lovely conversations with listeners of the show, whether that's about 26 Habits, um, the episodes that has aired that week or many, many other things. Click the link in the show notes and you can join too. Thank you again and I'll see you on the next one.